0: Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. Welcome back to Falcons Drip Radio. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff, and we are also joined by a special guest today, a former host of SquantCast and Eagles expert, Anto, formerly known as Dougie P. Visor. Anto, it's a pleasure to have having you. having me on, fellas. Of course. So obviously today we're gonna jump into the Falcons Eagles Week One, September twelfth, and Anto is gonna give us a little bit of an inside perspective of well, you know what we can expect and what we should be seeing here from the Eagles um, on the twelfth. So I guess we'll just jump right into it, Anto. I just kind of wanted to ask, you know, how have the Eagles been looking with the new coaching staff?
1: Yeah. So first off, again, guys, thanks so much for having me on. I certainly appreciate it. Um, things in Philadelphia have been pretty good under Nick Sirianni. Uh, uh, obviously, if you're tuned into the football world, you saw that his initial press conference didn't necessarily go the greatest. He uh, he stumbled <laughs> over some words. You definitely had people uh, in the media, especially in Philadelphia, as tough of a city as it is, uh, really questioning, you know, whether or not this guy could lead teams, he could command respect. But I would say, it was definitely a rough first step, but since then, things have definitely been on the up and up. Um, Sirianni and his entire coaching staff, they have core tenants. Uh, it's four of them. They repeat them in you know, every single press conference. And it's uh, compete, be accountable, football, IQ, and then um, connect. And it sounds a little corporate, especially when you about like okay you're, you you got to translate that message to you know everyone from 21 to you know 33 34 years old how's that going to apply in the NFL the guys making millions of dollars a year to go play a game you know is that going to work mm-hmm. but uh, so so far so good from from everything we can see everything seems pretty good um, as far as tendency and scheme it's a little TBD they've been they've been very uh, very secretive about how they want to go about doing things because they really believe having a new coaching staff is an advantage. But, um, you know, it's it's so – let's put it this way. It's so far so good, but there are a lot of games to be played. Um, and it's tough, and you don't want to get too excited over a preseason. But so far so good.
0: And, you know, I, I agree with that totally, you know, and I think you see that too here with in Atlanta with Arthur Smith, you know, it's a total advantage. You don't really know what he's going to do. You know what he did with the players and the weapons that they've had at previous jobs, but taking over a new team is a completely different animal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and when I look at Atlanta and I think about, you know, we've played quite a few times recently mm-hmm. and when I think about those like games, every year. you know, I can't, Yeah, and what's crazy is they always seem to be, like, relatively low-scoring games, especially that Super Bowl playoff and then, you know, that following, I think it was the 2018 season, just very similar games. But when I think of Atlanta, I always think a little bit about, you know, the defense and what that's going to bring, but you guys have DPs now. So you must – I have to imagine the fan base is pretty confident about that, but I'm I'm curious to see if, you know, that coaching staff change up Outside of Arthur Smith, is uh, is that low key the underrated, bigger coaching move?
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you if you listen to any of our other podcasts, I think we talk about Dean Pease probably once once a podcast at least. Um, Absolutely. We are, uh, the D, the dean the dean Pease effect I like to call it is real, um, and the hype hi- the hype train is started here on Falcons drip. Good. Well, I think I think he's a good one.
2: <laughs> we may talk about him too much in fact
0: (laughs) i don't think there's such a thing (laughs)
2: um looking looking ahead is there is there any key position battles going on for the eagles that you're still watching closely
1: yes that's a great question um the first thing that comes to mind really it's cornerback death it's no secret the eagles have struggled in the secondary for years and years and years and those struggles haven't gotten any better um Really, the competition was between fourth-round rookie Zach McPherson out of Texas Tech and then incumbents Craig James and Michael Jaquette, neither of which you've probably ever heard of for good reason. <laughs> and really, that was the terrifying battle until about halfway through camp they did sign Steve um, Nelson. I wanted to say Steven, but apparently he doesn't like that. So Steve Nelson from Pittsburgh, who's not a pretty you know effective player. So I would say that that was a major position battle. But to answer your question more specifically, on paper, the Eagles are pretty set. Um, There was definitely some fighting at the wide receiver spots, and we can get into that a little bit later. But really, when you look at them, the issue is depth. And I would say that's the main position battle is the top guys might be set, but everyone else is having an absolute dogfight. Um, just to stick on a roster that, frankly, is, is is pretty thin.
0: When I look at this Eagles depth chart, I can't help but notice, like they got Andre Dillard, you know, former first round pick listed as a backup. They got Landon Dickerson, another high pick out of Alabama. He's also listed as a backup. So, do you see any way these guys kind of fight and fight their way into the roster by the end of the season, or? So I'd say that's probably the one spot where I'm
1: going to eat crow because they do have good depth along the offensive line. Um, a lot of that due to injuries last year. They, they played, you know, 16 games and they had, I believe it was 14 different combinations of offensive linemen. So wow. everybody got some burn. Everybody got some playing time. Um, specifically on Andre Dillard, he has been a total bust. Um, he, ha- he has been just terrible. Now, the good news is that somehow, somehow, Jeff scoutland has got Jordan Mylop on a lot great fighting shape. Um, now, will that translate great to the regular season, 17 games? Who knows, but he looks great. But Andre Dillard, I don't see fighting for anything. Landon Dickerson, I do see him making a push at some point. A lot of people pegged him as a top half of the first round guy if it weren't for injuries. The Eagles mm-hmm. went a little bit rich, for my takes on him, but you can, it's really hard to argue with an organization investing in the trenches at any point. So with that being said, I see Isaac Samalu may be a little bit on the hot seat, but it's going to take somebody slipping up. He's, he's still going to need the opportunity. I don't
2: think he just takes it. Mm. That's uh, somewhat of the opposite problem that we have. We have uh, some real issues at left guard and we're kind of being forced into a position. With uh, Mayfield starting, even though he didn't play much left guard in training camp and preseason.
0: Also due to injuries, you know, we, you know, like Jeff pointed out, just because of uh, lack of our best to our, our starting right tackle or pro- projected starting right tackle and our swing tackle both came into camp hurt. So we forced Jalen Mayfield, who were, we were really hoping was going to win that left uh, guard spot. He was forced into the right tackle for most of camp. Then when Caleb McGarry came back, he took the right tackle spot. Then Mayfield was forced into competition for the left guard spot. And now with Josh Andrews hurt, Mayfield's pushed into the starting left guard spot, whether he's ready or not. So. It sounds like you guys have a case of the Philadelphia Eagles going on over there. because <laughs> <He does. laughs> I, And, I, and I, I can feel your pain
1: because its it's been a bit of a revolving door. And, you know, obviously Eagles week one matchup, I've been peering over, you know, every shred of information now since the schedule came out. And I was going to say, Josh Andrews, funny enough, Eagles connection, um, you know, former player of theirs, kind of bounced mm-hmm. on, off the practice squad, has moved around. And, and what I wanted to ask is, you know, recently Arthur Smith, obviously I'm sure everyone saw it, heard it, um, you know, everybody's got to get baptized at some point, basically. But is he really – and I – you know, been shifted around in the preseason, like you were saying, and it's, it's been a bit of a jumble, but do you really think Jalen Mayfield is going to be that much worse than Josh Andrews? Because from the outside looking in and Andrews being a former Eagle, I just, I, I haven't admittedly watched a ton of Jalen Mayfield film, but I can't imagine it's
0: that big of a drop off.
2: I, I would say it's an improvement. We're, I'm not the biggest Josh Andrews fans here, probably.
0: I, I yeah, I would have to agree. I, I don't know, you know, Obviously, they're seeing something that we're not, but I don't know how Josh Andrews held on to the job for that long. I, I actually think we had an undrafted rookie free agent out of Appalachian State, Ryan Neusel, who I think looks significantly better than Josh Andrews. Um, so. <laughs> if I so if that answers, I'm not sure I think that answers your question. No, we don't think Josh Andrews is an upgrade over Mayfield.
1: So, so all is really as well in Atlanta then? At least along yeah. the top of the line.
0: Theoretically. You just, you know, like you said, Arthur Smith saying they got to get baptized sometime. You never want your rookie lining up against Fletcher Cox week one.
1: Yeah, that's definitely going to be a tough matchup. And, um, you know, a lot of people kind of forget, too. Javon Hargrave is there. And last year, he started the year with Hurt pack, Really derailed him. The end of the season, he really picked up um but anytime as a defensive lineman you're moving into a new scheme it takes time to adjust and i think not only fletcher cox but javon Hargrave is going to be a handful this year as well um my only concern with that and i don't want to be too pro falcons here as the you know the eagles personality but again with the depth issues I don't know as though they're going to really be able to rotate in and out as mm. you've probably been familiar with the Eagles doing under Jim Schwartz. So mm. as great as those guys are, they're playing in the Dome. It's the first game of the year. Sirianni basically rested all the starters. So I do worry like, yeah, Fletcher Cox might look great. He was one through three. But in what I think is going to be a pretty close game, I don't know how he's going to be in the fourth quarter. And Mm. and whenever you have depth issues, you know, that's the main concern in my mind.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, I hadn't really thought about that because, you know, we rested a lot of our starters, but luckily a lot of our offensive linemen were playing. So just kind of moving on to the other side of the ball, obviously Carson Wentz was there. He's now out. You've got Jalen Hurts who I happen to love. I loved in college. Um, I loved before I loved him before Tua took took over. Um, but is, is he the answer in Philadelphia?
1: So, Jalen Hurts. So as an Eagles fan, you know, I have seen Jeff Garcia, Nick Foles, Michael Vick, just to name, you know, a couple come and go. And every single time I absolutely convinced myself that they're gonna be the answer for not just a season, but several seasons, and Mm -hmm. I have not stopped with Jalen Hurts. I'm all in on the Hurts wagon. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we sit here and we overanalyze players, and we say, oh, they don't have the strongest arm. It's not the best accuracy. It's not the best touch. His footwork could be cleaner. His vision could be better. He doesn't make his reads the right way. Sometimes we overlook that. The best stat, and I'm not a huge QB wins guy, it is winning. And if he elevates the rest of his team, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you're ever going to disagree with that as a coach, especially a coach who every single time I'm going to come back to his four core values, compete, Dan Hurts is his ultimate competitor. Unbiased standpoint, that that kid works his butt off every day. Be accountable, first one in. IQ, relentless studier. Every single report, and a few of the sources I have that I've spoken to, they can't get him out of there. And then the last one is connect. Jalen Hurts, every report out has been that. He's stopping guys in the hallway, learning personal facts about them, asking them their playbook. Do they know the plays? Do they not know the plays? All off season, he was working out with wide receivers. Shoot, before even Carson Wentz was moved, he had most of the starters working out with him. Mm. So it's one of those things where... Everything in my football knowledge tells me you have too much of a love affair and he's not going to be the long-term answer. But it's, I really can't find an active reason to root against him or mm-hmm. bet against him. I, I just really don't.
0: I mean, the guy's a winner. That's it. He's, he's a
1: winner. He's won every single place he's gotten, and he's shown improvement. You know, from his years at Alabama, he improved steadily, even when he was backing up Tua. I think he was a better quarterback than he was the year before. He went to Oklahoma, improved. And if you're in Jalen Hurts' shoes, too, talk about being put through a, you know, an absolute crucible. With here you are, knowing that you need to, you know, sit and probably develop for a little while. You get drafted by the Eagles, really high. Get all these on fire expectations, especially in a city that is incredibly tough market to play in. I really think that and I will get chastised by the fan base for for saying this but it is the truth Philadelphia fans make it really really difficult to play in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and with that type of pressure and then the absolute drama horror show that's been the Carson Wentz saga this guy's had every reason every excuse to fold and he's done the Ooh. opposite in every single situation. So Philadelphia is a city that has always been an underdog city, always rooted for an underdog. I am completely sold whether or not it's the smart thing. <laughs> I, I The 401K, <laughs> the mortgage, the car payment, everything is all in on Jalen Hurts.
2: Well, that's, that's good to hear that you have some confidence in him.
1: It's hard not to. But speaking of really exciting, now Jalen's not a rookie, but young players. An absolute draft darling favorite of mine was Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. Jeff and I have talked a little bit before this in passing. I know he is high on Kyle Pitts, to say the least. What do you guys think the ceiling is? And then what do you guys think the floor is for his season?
0: So for this season, I mean, the ceiling obviously is breaking every single rookie tight end record you know especially add another game on to do it tight ends typically come into the league and they don't produce but arthur smith makes tight ends great and kyle pitts is unlike any tight end we've ever seen before um so it would be hard for me to imagine him not playing well not putting up the stats not putting up the numbers i i truly expect him to be you know around 10 touchdowns
2: yeah i i think you're looking at Almost like a top ten tight end as a as a floor, it, it should be the expectation. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we only got to see a little bit of him, just one catch in preseason, but he looked great on that one catch. So
1: <laughs> he did look he did look great. I'll tell you. <laughs> I didn't watch the whole game, but I definitely saw the uh, saw the, high the one of that catch,
0: one. two plays, one target, one catch, twenty seven yards. He does need to learn to protect
2: himself in preseason though, and get the heck out of bounds.
1: yeah it's it's a different uh it's a different league in the nfl it it, without a doubt is a different league and i'm actually pretty high on kyle pitts too um i noticed you didn't give yards or catches (laughs) but Mm. i think that he has a chance to shatter every record as well with the extra game that's going to be huge, um, Kyle Pitts and everyone else. Like, that extra game is going to be massive as far as just resetting NFL records, in my opinion. And I actually think, because I'm terrified of our matchup with him, I, I think that at the very worst, he's Julio Jones last year, which was still terrifying mm-hmm. to everybody that had to play them. And, you know, that's 50 catches. I think he had 770-some-odd yards, um, a handful of touchdowns, three or four. That's that's a good, really good rookie tight end season. Um, that's no, definitely I, the ceiling there, that is really high. But I don't know; the it's hard to is, imagine him doing poorly.
0: The ceiling is Travis Kelsey. Ask numbers, right? Like you're talking, you know, everyone talks about Travis Kelsey right now as kind of being tight end one, and then you got your your Wallers and your Kittles. Pitts's ceiling could be Travis Kelsey, like wide receiver, like. Um, and this offense could revolve completely around him based on what Arthur Smith liked to do. Plus you have Calvin Ridley who you have to uh, account for. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. And when I was thinking about this game, that's kind of my, my fearful matchup and it's going to be the same for the Eagles all year. But when I look at our defensive line versus your offensive line, I really feel like Philadelphia has the advantage there. Javon Harper, like your Cox, Brandon Grant. Those guys, they're all studs in their own right. And then Derek Kerrigan, Barnett.
0: Milton Williams,
1: right? <laughs> Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, who's looking like – I have a love-hate with Howie Roseman, but I'm <laughs> loving him right now for picking Josh Sweat because he is looking like an absolute beast. I just – I think Philly's got a great D-line. Like I said before, I worry a little bit about the conditioning and some of the aging – but, mm-hmm. you know, definitely at a, from a, excuse me, getting after the passer standpoint, I, I don't know if there's a better team in the NFL. And I know that's a bold statement, but just throwing arrows every single third
2: down. <laughs> <laughs> really,
0: really bold, really bold. But I, I would agree, though. But, I think but when do, you think about it, staffed. it's, 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 here's the thing.
1: Philadelphia fell off so badly last year. That people forget they have some players. The offense might mm-hmm. be a mess, and every and every weapon they might have might be twenty-five or younger. But that defensive line was the motor of the Super Bowl season, which is a long time mm-hmm. ago. And you and mm-hmm. you guys experienced that very similarly. But they're mm-hmm. not, They're still there. They're still doing okay. Yeah. So in the case of O line, D line, I am obviously very boldly in on the D line.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't. You know, that would, it would be hard to argue. We we don't even know what we're getting.
2: Yeah, and it's not it's not like it was top tier last year for sure. So
0: yeah, so I, I would have to give I would have to agree. I would give that that matchup. I would have to give it to the Eagles. Now wide receivers and cornerbacks, I would definitely have to give that to Atlanta.
1: Yeah, un- match- undoubtedly Atlanta's winning that matchup.
0: <laughs> and, and I know one of the questions we had for you was how do you expect the Eagles to try and stop Calvin Ridley?
1: Yeah. So that's going to be a nightmare. And, and when you look across the board, Darius Slay is – he's the wild card in all this. Um, mm-hmm. Because there are some games last year he played like a stud. There are other games, like when they played Seattle and he had to cover DK, that he got absolutely roasted. And when I watch Darius and I and I watch his play, to me – He's getting a little bit older, and I think he's struggling with some of the physical players now. Hmm. Not so bad if he doesn't have to go follow around Kyle Pitts. Going to be okay if he has to go and cover Calvin Ridley the whole time. So, kind of depends on how he's going to be used. But let's move past Darius the Slay. They don't really have anybody. Steven Nelson is okay. He's a fine corner too. Yeah. So maybe he matches up against you know Russell Gage, whoever that might be. But Kyle Pitts is going to have his pick of Zach McPherson, who has looked good, but he's a fourth-round rookie. You know, if they were playing in college last year, Pitts probably would have roasted him to the tune of, you know, five, six, seven catches, 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. And when you look at the Eagles' safety position, Rodney McLeod is maybe going to be back to start. And he's a, at this point in his career, more of an in-the-box safety. And Anthony Harris is, you know, he's a big name. And I think he was a very smart pickup from Minneapolis, but it's not exactly like there's a reason he signed a small contract this year. Kind of one mm-hmm. year, I believe it was a $6 million deal. It, guys who do that aren't covering what could be a generational tight end prospect.
0: I, that's and what I was going to ask too. Is, is that who you got? You see the safeties and corners being the ones that match up with pets.
1: So the Eagles led, and this was pretty much the only tell the Eagles led the NFL in preseason cover two usage. And last year, they were a very cover one heavy team. They did a lot of cover two with man underneath as well under Jim Schwartz. Whole new guy. We know he's cover two heavy, but you can run cover two, as you guys know, multiple ways, right? So I don't think they're going to commit so much to playing any sort of man. So whether it's cover two with man underneath, whether it's cover three man underneath, zero coverage, whatever it may be. I think they're going to just really, really bracket Kyle Pitts, no matter where he is on the field. I think they're going to shift linebacker tendency. I think they're going to call the strength off Kyle Pitts. Um, um, it's it's going to be interesting. Now, the tough part is, okay, what happens when you guys go 12th personnel? Because for as great as Kyle Pitts may be at a wide receiver position, him and Brandon Graham in a phone booth is a really bad time for Kyle Pitts. But like, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough. So you bring Hayden Hurst out there, who is, in, in his own right, a, a good NFL tight end. Now what do you do? So I don't know who's going to match up with who. And in <laughs> this one, I've rambled on for like five minutes, but the Falcons definitely take the advantage there.
2: Uh, I noticed you avoided talking about the linebackers in coverage as much as possible. <laughs> that is intentional.
0: <laughs> so, so Anto, my, and my question was going to be too, like, when they go 12 personnel and they bring Cordell Patterson in at running back, like, now, now, what do you do? Are you because because they could very easily line up like that, and now they're five wide with Pitts, Hurst, and Patterson all spread out.
1: Yeah. So again, Eagles linebackers are they're you know just like the city of Philadelphia. They're they're Guys you want to root for, in their underdogs, but they're underdogs for a reason. And Eric Wilson, he's had a pretty good career in Minneapolis. Is he the best linebacker? Not really. Again, there's a reason you're available for a one-year, you know, I think he signed for $8 million. There's a reason you're available there. TJ Edwards, he's an undrafted kid out of Wisconsin. He's been a thumper in the run game. He's a little bit more athletic than leads on, but he's six foot tall on a good day. Hmm. that's not going to get it done. And Alex Singleton, their other linebacker, he actually just got named a captain. Guys love him. He was actually the defensive MVP of the CFL. Hmm. Um, back, I believe it was in 2019, he played for the Calgary Stampeders. He's a good player. He flies around, and playing in the CFL, he does have good like spatial awareness. Bigger field, uh, the way that motion is used, it's a little different. So, he's a good player, but again, you're going from that to now having to cover in the NFL for an extended period of time, so mm-hmm. I I don't see it really going well. It's it's something that I'd love to say, you know, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. They're not. It, it's going to be a struggle <laughs> the entire year, <laughs> and they're just going to have to live and die by it. And you know, um, I bleed Eagles green, right? But the reality, and if you go back and you listen to Jeffrey Lurie, they recognize it. This is They kind of refuse to call it a rebuilding year, but this is a reloading mm-hmm. year. And the, the Eagles have never valued linebackers traditionally. They haven't drafted a first-round linebacker in over 20 years. Nothing's going to change. So mm-hmm. they're going to struggle at that position group. But, again, everything starts up front on defense. And if that defensive line gets going, you can hopefully hide some of those mistakes. But it's going to be tough Mm -hmm. sledding.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm hoping as a Falcons fan, Arthur Smith is going to find a way around that. So, when after we've talked about the defense of the Eagles and the Atlanta offense, who do you give the nod to? I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So as much as, as much as, as much as I don't
1: think we're going to be able to stop you guys that much really on offense, specifically through the air, Mm -hmm. I'll be, I'll be very honest. Pretty much nothing on the defense is even remotely making me shiver. Dante Fowler Mm. Jr., he's going to be good. I think he's going to be used well by DEPs. I think AJ Terrell showed some promise. I really liked Fabian Moreau throughout the draft process. Grady Jarrett is Grady Jarrett. Steven
0: yeah I, He's it, been it would be
1: hard. the eagles
0: a million times and it would be hard, it's hard to argue um the only, and i think i think i agree that the atlanta defense on paper doesn't look to be very promising what you hope is is you hope similarly to how you know you want the <clears throat> excuse me Similarly to how you think the Eagles' defensive line can take over, I truly believe that our linebackers and Dean ps could really take over this game.
1: So I think they can, and this, and this is the beauty of football. This is why we love it, because this is chess, right? I watch football. I see human chess. I know Jeff and I had had a conversation about that before. I think you guys both see it you know, in a, in a similar way. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's always the person who's playing the chess, the head coach, the play callers, the coordinators. And, you know, with Dean Pease, could these linebackers, and I can't believe that I didn't mention Deion Jones, was probably the most exciting player on that defense, <laughs> in my opinion. But, you know, can Dean Pease get the most out of them? Absolutely. But it's also going to come down to, okay, can Nick Sirianni in that offense find a way yeah. around it? Because realistically, when I look at the Eagles' offense, they had an issue with speed back in 2016. That offseason – their philosophy changed, and all they wanted to do was bring in speed. They have three legit 4-3 runners that are going to be starting at wide receiver. They're -hmm. going to spread those guys out. They're going to sit behind that stone wall of an offensive line. And for as good as I think those linebackers are going to be, I don't know if the other players, the A.J. Terrells, Fabian Moreau's, Isaiah Oliver's, that's my
0: ran.
2: concern. Isaiah Oliver's definitely the concern.
0: He's he's been he's shown in the past he struggles with smaller, faster receivers. So truthfully that when when we discuss offense versus defense, that you know, Atlanta's defense. That's the first thing that I thought of is Quez Watkins in the slot and Isaiah Oliver matched up on him. I, I don't think that goes too well for us.
1: Yeah. And in the and I don't know if it's like a double-edged sword yet, and this is one of these like miniature storylines I'm really excited to see, but the Eagles almost have interchangeable wide receivers. Like Jalen Rager might be a little bit more rocked up than the other guys he's played running back in the past, but he's Mm -hmm. a small explosive wide receiver. Devonta Smith is a small explosive wide receiver. Chris Watkins, slow explosive wide receiver. So, in preseason and mostly in practice, because again they've rested most of their starters in eleven personnel. It's actually been Devonta and Quez on the field together. Those are both again legit four-three guys. And then in or excuse me, in eleven personnel, it's been Rager in the slot. In twelve personnel, it's just been Devonta and Quez. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. But I just think they're going to have so much speed. I don't know how much the linebackers are really going to come into effect. If you think about Mm -hmm. it, the Eagles and the Falcons, I think passing games are going to be like complete and total opposites.
2: Where do you see Zach Ertz playing into this for the Eagles?
1: So the drama with Zach Ertz is kind of finally over. And there actually was legit reports of Dallas Goddard, who everyone knows is the Eagles previous backup tight end, now starting tight end being traded over to the Vikings. And that didn't get off the ground, but a lot of that was because Zach Ertz wants to stay in Philadelphia, and he's committed now. A lot of that has been attributed to Jalen Hurts and his leadership ability, wanting him to stay there. But apart from being a good guy, a good teammate, a consummate professional, I see Goddard still running with it. And Ertz is one of those guys where if the Eagles are having a tough season, I think you know he could sell at the deadline. If the Eagles are having a good season, Zachary is that guy who, you know, maybe has 35, 40 catches, four to 550, 600 yards, and six touchdowns. But that's, you know, that can be a great season for a playoff team that needs a missing piece or just that extra additional weapon in the red zone later on in his career. Or that can be a total bust season because it means that, once again, everything has fallen apart, and Zach Ertz is the only constant that's going to be there. So Mm -hmm. I don't see him playing a huge factor in this game. I don't think the Eagles are going to be as committed to 12 personnel as they have been in the past. Um, I would really worry more about Dallas Goddard, but I think Jalen likes to scramble. And this is the downside of Jalen Hurts, right? I think he likes to scramble. I think he likes having burners as wide receivers, every single one of them. He wants to buy some time and rip the ball. So, as much as I think you know, Dallas Goddard's a good player in his own right. Zachary's a good player in his own right. I don't see how how great they're going to be in this game. I really don't.
0: So we've kind gotcha. of gone over the players, and it really sounds like we're all in agreement that talent-wise, yeah, in different areas, but talent-wise, it, it's kind of similar, right now we didn't talk much about Matt Ryan and I wish we had talked more about that, but we are starting to run out of time until I wanted to get your opinion on two things before we kind of end one. What is going to be the downfall for the Eagles? Like why, what is going to be the reason that Atlanta wins and then on the flip side of things for Philadelphia to win, what needs to happen?
1: Absolutely. So I'll start with the downside. The downside is Avante Maddox, all five foot eight of him, isn't going to be able to cover Kyle Pitts. Jonathan Gannon doesn't want to completely change his entire scheme to defense just for one matchup in the beginning of the year in an opponent that isn't inside the NFC East, which is very much their goal to win. You know, you have to win your own division if you want to really get to the playoffs. That's the way the organization is built. So I see stubbornness, specifically from from JG in the defense, leading to. The Falcons having their way through the air. Matt Ryan looks like it's 2016, and Eagles have some problems. They aren't able to keep up on offense. Things go south. On the flip side, I think for the Eagles to win this game, you have to establish line of scrimmage, start getting Miles Sanders involved in the run game. He doesn't need to have a huge day, but just enough where you can create enough of a run game to support your young playmakers on the outside – being able to have a little bit extra time to get open. And um, I know we didn't touch on it, but you guys are really young in the secondary. We're really young in the wide receiver area. So it's going to be young versus young. And if our young guys can beat your young guys, which I think they have the talent to do, it's going to be a good day for Philadelphia. But either way, I I see this game being high scoring.
0: Awesome. Jeff, anything um, else before we let Anto go?
2: Uh, I think he has very wishful thinking if he thinks... He's going to take out the Falcons this coming week, but we'll, I don't, uh, I don't, we'll see I how don't it goes. With,
0: I don't disagree with that, but we won't give him a chance to say anything about it. Anto, um, thank you for being on. Anything you want to say or anything you want to plug in before uh, we kind of end here?
1: Follow Falcons Drip on Instagram. Great content. And without a doubt, Eagles 27-14. They get a win in Atlanta. Kick off the season right. Vertigo
0: first. <laughs> Jeff Jeff, we're going to cut that last part out Um, Thank you Anto I do appreciate it Um, I'm sorry that Atlanta is going to be Whooping that eagle butt 35-7 On September 12th Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore Drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up.